Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. to hear this, it is, it is impossible for any pastor or leader to impart anything into a congregation that they themselves do not possess. I'm going to say that again. It's impossible to impart into any congregation something that they do not possess. The leader does not possess. Can I tell you, one of the wonderful things that you have going on here at High Praise is you have a man and a woman that have a strong marriage that have a strong family, that enables them to have a platform to impart into others and see those same dynamics begin to take place. You know, I can truthfully say of all three of our children, they're all serving God. You know, I taught them growing up, Pastor Stacy and I, by the way, for you that don't know, this is my beautiful wife. Praise the Lord. Isn't she gorgeous? I know she, we've been married for, June will be 42 years. Can you believe that? 40, 42, 42 years we've been married. And uh, now she only looks like she's about 20 years old. But, uh, you know, now me, it's a little bit different. Everybody can believe it whenever I say I've been married 42 years, but they have a difficult time believing it when she says it. But the reality is, uh, I was going somewhere with that, but we, oh yeah, I know where it was. We, we taught our children, we taught our children this. We taught them, said, the most important thing that you will ever do is the will of God in your life. More, than, more, more important than money, more important than career, more important than education. Not to say that those things are not important. But I'm saying the most important thing that you do is serve God. The most important thing that you do is do the will of God. You know, I'd rather see you do the will of God and not have a house to live in. You know, there's always my house. If there's nowhere else, I would rather you be living in my house, living off of daddy's dime, not that you will, and serving God than have the most luxurious mansion in in town and actually be serving the devil. Amen? Somewhere in our economy, we have gotten things confused and mixed up, and many times even those in the church have got their priorities out of order. And I'll tell you, this is what Jesus said. He said, seek first the the kingdom of God and His, and all these things will be, uh, they'll be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the plan of God. Seek first after being a lover of the Lord. Seek first after being a worshiper of God. Seek first, you know, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I wasn't necessarily glad when they said unto me, let's go to the football game. I wasn't necessarily glad when they said unto me, let us go to the dance rehearsal. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things, but it seems like many, even Christians in America, we have prioritized those things over what is really important. And then we wonder why our families are having problems. And we wonder why our kids won't obey in school. And we wonder why we have all the craziness that goes on in the culture and society. My friend, it's got to start the way that God intended it to start. And that is this. Teach your children to go after God. Amen? Teach your children to seek the Lord. Now, that's not my message. That's free. 
This is a building families weekend, although that does go right along with it. The vision of this church body is to equip believers, and the second thing that's specifically stated is to build families. And the, re- the reason for that is this. A church is never any stronger than the families that comprise it. Okay? It's never any stronger than the families. You can't have a strong church without strong families. Right? You have to have strong believers, but you could have strong families. It doesn't matter if we all prophesied, even though that's wonderful and good, and yes, we can. It doesn't matter if we're all great worshipers and praisers. Yes, we should. We've already talked about that, and we thank God for that atmosphere that is here. But more important than anything else is this. We must have strong families. Amen? Look at somebody and say, you've got to have a strong family. And before I start sharing on this, I want to make sure for you that are single, I want to re-articulate this. You know what? The Bible says that, you know, if, if you're single, then you're married to the Lord. Okay? You still have a family. You may not have, and maybe you're a single mother or you're a single father, but I'm telling you, even as a single mother or single father, you can still have a strong family, praise God. And you can still believe God and see God do magnificent things within your family. But God's design is the best design. How many of you believe that God did it right in the very beginning? Do you believe that God did it right? Can you just look at somebody and say, God did it right? You know, and at the beginning of creation, we see where God creates the heavens and the earth. He creates, you know, every, he creates the seas. He creates the fish. He creates the, the, the beast of the field. He creates the plantage uh, and foliage and, and all the other things that we see. Uh, thank God for that. We needed something to eat. And then he created a garden. He, put, he created man. That's, he did that on the sixth day. And he put man in the garden. And then after creating man and putting him in the garden, this is what he says. It is not good for man to be alone. How many of you men agree with that statement? This is really a good opportunity to get some brownie points with your wife. How many of you agree that it's not good for a man to be alone? Some of you obviously don't want to be married. You thought it would be better if you're just not married. I'm telling you, it's not good for a man to be alone. Right? Listen, man will, I'm talking about males here specifically, okay? Males will end up messing it up in some way or another. Right? Now, by the way, females can also. That's not a sexist statement. But the reality is every single one of us, we need others to help us. It's not good for man to be alone. So what does God do? He puts... He, you know, puts some anesthesia on Adam, causes it to fall in a deep sleep, takes a rib out of his side, and makes this most beautiful creation, the crown, the, the crowning moment of God's creation, and he makes woman. How many of you men are glad that God made woman? Another opportunity, guys. Y'all are passing your time. You should, this, this is something that you should really get excited about. Are you glad God created woman? Yes! Hallelujah! Woo, hallelujah. I feel the anointing now. Right? I'm glad God created woman. I, I'm thankful for my woman. Right? Right? She's on brick. House. She's mine and my day. That's my woman. Right? Here's, 
Here she comes, just walking down the street, singing do what it is. She looks good. <laughs> and she almost blew my mind. You know, I thank God. God knew exactly what I needed. Listen, men, God knew exactly what you needed. He knew exactly what you wanted. And God ordered your steps. God brought this beautiful woman into, you know, one and we started dating and, and we started dating kind of young and, um, but, you know, and, and I wouldn't necessarily prescribe everybody start quite as early as we did. We started, I was a senior in high school and she caught my eye. She started flirting with me a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. I was a stud. She started, she, y'all know I'm kidding, right? <laughs> she started flirting with me a little bit and caught my eye. And I went, oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Somebody wants me, praise the Lord. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I better take advantage of this. We started seeing it. But, you know, we didn't, we, at that time, I knew I was called to ministry. I didn't, I had no intentions of starting a church. I didn't want to be a pastor. I was involved heavily in music. Many of you know our musical background. I, and I was, you know, I was actually a ma- mainly a trumpet player at that moment in time. I did play keyboard. and But my my plan was to go into music ministry. That was what I was going to do. And, and uh, I, I didn't have any desire for, to be a pastor. And so everything that we see now, that was never in our intent. But how many of you know God knew? God knew. He brought us together. We had three children. Two of them are now pastoring. And their other one is involved actually heavily in the church that they're in. So what I'm trying to tell you, you know what? You never know what God's going to do through your family. Amen. But it always starts with one man and one woman. By the way, I want everybody to understand that regardless of what the state does, it just cannot define what marriage actually is. God defined it in the very beginning. God, is, God, is, God designed it. He defined it. And he said it's one man and one woman. I don't care how many laws people pass. It will not replace what God has already said. God said one man and one woman, not two men and two women, not one woman and two men, not anything like that. Are y'all following what I'm saying? It is one man and it's one woman. And by the way, I believe that God did it right. That is his design. You know what? Once people begin to get back to that design and stop with all the other nonsense, I'm telling you, that's whenever we'll see healing come into families. You can't have a strong family outside of God's design. Now understand, regardless of what somebody does, I'll still love them. You know, I'll still witness to them, and I'll still preach to them. But listen, I'm not going to compromise what God has already done and already said. Right? So understand, just like there's no building that's any stronger than its foundation, for families to be strong, they got to have a strong foundation. A family must be built upon, please write this down, biblical foundations. Family can't be strong if you're not building it upon God's design, upon biblical foundations. To build any other way than the way that God has designed it is ultimately going to cause failure. That even goes for raising your children. Did you know that God actually has a design for raising your children? This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that God blessed Abraham. 
Abraham, we know, is the father of faith. And the Bible says that God blessed Abraham. And hear this. It was because. This is what the Bible actually says. God said, I will bless Abraham because I know his heart and he will command his children. Everybody say command his children. It didn't say plead and beg with your children. Abraham commanded his children. There was order in his home. In other words, what dad said is what went. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. I was raised in a household like that. I don't know if anybody else was raised in a household like that. If daddy said it, that was the law. You know what? We got kids that want to throw fits today and feel like that they can manipulate their parents. And I'm just, I'm just trying to encourage you parents today is, listen, don't allow your children to control your household. Amen? You love your children, but you don't let them control. Because you love your children, you will not allow them to control and manipulate what goes on within the house. Amen? You know, and so, you know, it's important that we understand that there's a, there's a way. See, once things get out of order, you know, it's, it's what they call many times, rather than the, the you know, the, the, the dog wagging the tail, it's the tail wagging the dog. And you've got to understand whenever children are controlling the household, what's happening is the tail is wagging the dog. And God didn't call us to be controlled by our children. God called us to love our children. God called us to treat, teach and train them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Amen? But we're not to be controlled and manipulated by them. And so listen, just don't let your kids throw fits, okay? That's what grandparents are for, okay. I say that because... Pastor Mike and Chelsea know how much we love the three, the, their three sons and our three grandsons. And you know what? Whenever they're over at our house, if they want something, they get it. <laughs> they don't have to throw a fit. We just took fits all out of it. You want it, you can have it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to throw a fit for it. You can have it. You want my phone? Here it is. Go play. Let's have fun. You know, my iPad, you can have it right now. You want it right now? You can have it. Okay, I'll, I'll figure it out. Well, that's the way I am with my grandchildren. But anyway, but the reality is, get back to the main road. We have, to, we have to do it the way the Bible says to do it. And if we don't build our families in the way that God has designed, then we're going to end up a mess. Let me read this for you, Genesis 2, verse 7. If you'll turn there, Genesis 2, verse 7. I'm going to go fast here. Praise the Lord. Jesus is coming, so we've got to hurry up. Genesis 2, 7, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Skip down to verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of a tree of garden you may eat freely. Freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For on the day that you eat of it you will surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper. Everybody say helper. I will make a helper comparable to him. And then in verse 21, skip down to 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman... And he brought her to man. Let me just pause by saying this. Adam was, take, Adam was formed from the dust. Okay, He was refined. But whenever God created woman, he created her from a rib. He didn't create her from the dust. Let me say it like this. Man is refined, but woman is doubly fine. Praise the Lord. 
all right? And Adam said, you got to get that, okay? Now this is bone. Now this is bone of my bone, verse 23. And this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. So shall she be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. Everybody say leave. Leave his father and mother and be joined. Be Say be joined. Original King James Version says cleave. Joined to his wife and they shall become what? One flesh. And they were both naked. And the man and his wife and were not ashamed. So we see all of this stuff going on. And this is the way that God created things to be in the very beginning. And I believe even from this, we can derive some principles. Because again, God did it right. The way that God did things in the beginning was the right way. God established it in the right way. Now, just so you know, I'm not going to say that you need to start running around naked. I want to make sure everybody understands this. But I believe that there is a principle, and that is this. Husbands and wives should practice transparency in front of each other. Listen, if you can't give your cell phone to your husband or your wife, are you all hearing what I'm saying? If you can't give it to it, then you're not practicing transparency. Honey, you want to see what I'm doing on my iPad? There you go. There it is right there. You want to see what I'm doing on my computer? You just go to it. You want to see what I'm doing on my phone? There's my phone right there. You can examine all my calls. If you can't do that, I mean, some of you might get mad about this, but understand this. You ought to be totally transparent whenever it comes to your husband and wife. You're willing to take off all of the stuff, any shame or anything else, and say, honey, I want you to know. And by the way, if you make a mistake, you ought to be willing to go to them. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. You don't understand. You don't uh, listen. This is a principle that God created. Thing. This is not even in my notes, but it just you know we have to practice transparency with one another. We got to be truthful with one another. If we want a strong marriage, then we're going to have to be truthful with one another, right? How many of you will allow your spouse to be truthful with you? All right. <laughs> Well, we'll have to pray for that. Some of you have to pray through for that. How many of you will allow them to speak truth into your life? Be truthful. Now, listen, don't, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you become mean and you become hateful and you unleash your tongue. Here it comes, honey. You know, you mess with the bull. Now you're going to get the horns. No, that's not what I'm saying. Right? No, I'm saying this, you know, you're willing to be honest. You're willing to be truthful uh, with one another. Uh, not just about them, but about yourself. Right? We have to be willing to do that. I don't have time to teach on all that, but that is a principle there of total transparency that you practice before one another. Amen? So this is just some real quick principles I want to give you because I want to leave you with something. You know, I want to encourage you. I want to bless you. But listen, I want to leave you with something that you can begin to build on. And the first thing is this. You've got to follow God's design. We've already been talking about that. One man, one woman. Anything other than God's design is a perversion. Okay, And don't allow the present state of the culture to persuade you elsewise. Right? I don't care what you know, somebody else says or I don't care what the law may be. The reality is God's law comes first and it is above every other. Amen? God created one man, one woman to be the very foundation of the family. See, if we don't get that right, we're not going to have a strong family. Because one man, one woman getting married, that is the foundation of family. Okay, so that's where it's got to start, all right? Husbands, that's what the Bible says. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. That's what Paul said. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And it goes on to say this, and gave himself for it. Understand this. Listen, men, 
You didn't marry a woman so you'd have somebody to make you happy. You married a woman because you're commanded to lay down your life for her. You're commanded to love her the same way that Jesus loved the church. She's not there just to make your breakfast in the morning, you know, make up the beds, you know, and have love with and all that. Okay, I'm not trying to be, I know they've got kids in here, so I'm trying to be discreet. You know, but that's not the, that's not the sole reason that you got married. You married one another so that you can love one another. And lay down your life for one another. Amen. Serve one another. Amen. The Bible says, wives, submit to your own husbands. I'm going to go ahead and say this because, ladies, sometimes this has a tendency with men. Many times the tendency is, well, I'm the head of the house, so I'm the big cheese, I'm the big king. And they begin to be dominating. Hear this, men, you're not called to dominate. You're called to serve. You're called to love. You're called to lay down your life. You're called to lead with love. And ladies, it, that's, there's a specific reason when it says to submit to your own husband because there is a tendency many times, and I'm not saying this sexist, but I'm just telling you, sometimes with ladies, they want to brawl. Thank you for that overwhelming response. That went over real good, didn't it? Lead balloon talking about some who going on a, on a brawl. You know what? Like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Okay? So you, so you got to make sure that you, you don't become a brawler in the relationship. You don't come somebody that's always trying to fight against and push against the leadership of your husband. Right? Doesn't mean you can't have an opinion. Doesn't mean that you can't talk about things. Absolutely you can. But you know what? Don't become somebody that's standing in the way all the time. Praise the Lord. Here's the next thing. You've got to possess a conviction of no separation. See, what the Lord says, what God's put together, let no man put asunder. That means let no man separate. What God has put together, let no man separate. What has God put together? God has put together a husband and a wife. You're there. You're not trying one another out till you find somebody else. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Look at somebody, look at your, well, look at your spouse and say, we're not just trying this out. Don't look at just anybody, okay? <laughs> Tell you what, <laughs> rare form. We're not just trying this out, okay? I've been married to her for 42 years. You know, I told our children whenever they got married, I said, listen, I will not tell you who you can or cannot marry. They do need to be saved, though. They've got to be a part of the body of Christ. I would recommend that you have a common vision and that you're running in the same direction and you have the same passion and zeal for the Lord because that can cause problems later on. But I'll tell you this much. Once you say, I do, you're done. Once you say, I do, you're done. And I'm not condemning anybody who's went through a separation or divorce. But I'm just telling you, if you're married, uh, then you need to dance with the one who brought you. Right? Stay married. Stay married to that person. Now, if there's abuse, that's a whole other thing. If there's things that are going on that the Bible specifically speaks about that is some type of grounds for separation or divorce, then that's a whole other thing. We're not even going to get into that. But I'm just telling you, as a general rule, you got to say, whenever we said, I do, we were done. Right? Look at somebody. Look, your spouse. <laughs> i got to change the word somebody. You can't just look at somebody and say this. you got to look at your spouse and say, whenever we said, I do, we were done. Right? 
Listen, have you ever, I'm going to get real, real, I'm I'm getting transparent here. Have Have you ever gotten really upset with your spouse and said, that's it, I'm done. You ever, you ever said that? Last week? <laughs> you ever said, I'm done. I've done it before, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've been ready to go, you know, out the back, Jack, make a new plan, Stan. Don't need to be called Roy. Just listen to me. Get on the bus, Gus. Don't need to discuss much. <laughs> Anybody remember that song? Yeah. I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know, and I won't be back again. I've said it all. Got into the car, that's it. I'm gone. Gone. You know what? The next time you have the temptation to say, that's it, I'm done. You need to remember this. Whenever you said, I do, you were already done. Right? It's not you're done now. No, you were already done whenever you said, I do. Whenever you kissed at the altar. Whenever you embraced one another. When you exchanged rings. Whenever you went on that honeymoon and you consummated that marriage. Amen? So whenever you say, I do, I'm done. You're done. Praise the Lord. All right? You're stuck. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm stuck with my wife. You know what? She says, I'm going to leave. I say, where are you going? Just, send, just text me the address. I'll be there. Now, again, I'm not, listen, this is not any condemnation to anybody who's went through separation. Does everybody understand that? Or if you've went through a divorce, there's no condemnation. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're married right now, then you've got to stay together. You've got to pull together. You've got to love one another, and you've got to make a decision. See, there has to be a mentality and a conviction that we are not going to separate. We're going to work it out. We're going to do whatever we got to do to make this thing work. You've got to take divorce off the table. I encourage every, every, every uh, uh, couple that's here, listen, don't let the word divorce come out of your mouth. Amen. Look at somebody say, we're taking it out of our conversation. Your spouse, okay, we're taking it out of your conversation. No other relationship is to come between you and your spouse. You're to leave and to cleave. Leave your parents and cleave to your spouse. I love Pastor Micah and Chelsea. Pastor Micah obviously is our son. We might love him, you know, I don't know, maybe a little bit more. I don't know, maybe it's according to what day of the week it is. <laughs> the reality is we love both of them, but this is the truth. I don't care what our opinion is in the matter. We cannot do anything to come between that relationship. You understand? Not that we've wanted to or anything like that. I'm just saying we can't. And a lot of times people allow even their parents to come between their relationship. And listen, you can't allow even the opinions of your parents. You leave and you cleave. Amen? If you get closer to anyone than your spouse, then you are too close if you feel a real drive for ministry and maybe your spouse doesn't and all of a sudden there's somebody that else that you can, you know, you meet and they have a real a similar drive, similar vision. My friend, there is no such thing as a ministerial spouse or mate. Are y'all hearing me? Don't you go there. Amen. 
You don't let anybody get closer to you. Don't let that person that you're working with on the job get closer to you. Will they understand me? No. You know what it is? It's the devil trying to come in to take your marriage out, to take your family out. You don't let them get closer to you than your spouse. Amen? You don't let them get closer to you than your spouse. Listen, I'm going to get truthful here once again. Not that I haven't been. But I'm going to get that. The reality is people that end up having affairs with co-workers, it's not like all of a sudden they're talking to one or another one day and, and then phew, stamp your fingers and then they're in bed with their clothes off with one another. Right? Right? That's not how it happens. It starts out with a little flirting here, a little flirting there, a little calling there, a little texting there. Will you send me a picture? I'm going to send you a picture. Oh, you know what? I'd like to see a little bit more. And then they send a little bit more. And then way too much more. Are y'all following what I'm saying? And then the next thing you know, they're finding some type of rendezvous. Hey, I'm kind of, I'd like to go get some coffee. Well, nothing wrong with us getting coffee. We do it at work all the time. Meet down at Starbucks, you know. Hey, you know, or meet down at Chick-fil-A. You know, that's right there by the Fairfield anyway. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I mean, it just goes from one thing to the another. And you see, you have to make sure, listen, you have to make sure that you guard yourself. And by the way, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of pastors, a lot of churches that won't talk about this on Sunday morning. And that's the reason that the church is filled with adultery that's going on because nobody's saying anything about it. Somebody's got to say something. And look at anybody and say, somebody needs to say something, glory to God. Right? Here's the next thing. You need to appreciate your differences, not just physical difference. God made your spouse as a helper for you, praise the Lord. And the Hebrew word there, whenever it goes, I will make a, a helper for him, is the Hebrew word neged, which means to stand out boldly opposite and to confront. See, we're made to complement one another, not clone, right? We're not to be each other's clone. Don't attempt to make your spouse think exactly like you think. Let me tell you what, my wife and I, we were about as opposite as you could possibly get, okay? Besides, you know, in the physical realm, yes, we're absolutely opposite. She's beautiful, and I'm, hmm, whatever, you know? I mean, but, but the reality is, you know, she says potato, I say potato, tomato, tomato. She wants the chair here, I want it somewhere else. She wants this color, I want another color. Come on, men, you know what I'm talking about? We know where the recliner goes. It goes right in the dead center of the room right in front of the television, right? Isn't that where the recliner goes? Not if you ask the lady of the house. That is ugly there. Right? And we want one of those recliners that have all the big giant cup holders and a table that goes over the front. I don't have one like that. You know why? Because she got her way. But praise the Lord anyway. But, it, but, <laughs> but this is the reality. Men and women don't think alike, okay? Well, she likes an automobile. You probably don't like it an automobile. And what you like, it, you know, and for, she likes foo-foo stuff, okay? She likes foo-foo stuff in the bathroom, you know? And, you know, you, you just have to get to a point to where, hey, it doesn't really matter. Listen, there's an old saying, a bulldog can whip a skunk, but sometimes it just ain't worth it. You can explain it to them later, Okay? A bulldog can whip a skunk, but sometimes it just ain't worth it, okay? So you know what? I said, you know what? You're my helper. You know what? And people will come into our house, and, and, and whenever they come into our house, I said, this looks like it was done by an interior designer. And I said, yes, it wasn't me. It was my wife. 
So she helps to beautify things. There's so much I could share on this. But actually, God, part of the, of the makeup of a woman is they enable beautification to come into things that are ugly. Men, why do you think you look better now than you did before you got married? Right? They're able to beautify things. That's part of the, part of the makeup of a woman is they... I'm not talking about what they put on. I'm talking about the, the, you know what I'm the makeup, how they're constructed, how God designed them. He designed them so they could bring beautification to things. And every one of us need to be thankful for that. Praise the Lord. Amen? But don't attempt to make them. I thought, you know, when we first got married, I just could not understand. I don't understand why she's not thinking right. We all know that Burger King's better than McDonald's. I'm not trying to start an argument. <laughs> right? But, the, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just giving you something like that. We all know that, you know, if you're going to go out to eat, this is, what, this is where you need to go. We all know, you know, things that you think that just because you've grown up as a single person and you have your ideas formed and all of a sudden you get married and you realize the person you got married to, they don't think like you. You know, they don't think like you. They think differently. How many of you married somebody that thinks differently than you? Yes. You know what? Listen, you need to be thankful they think differently than you. Because hear this. You'd be messed up if you didn't have that person to bring balance. See, the word neged actually has the connotation of this. They complete the picture. Complete the picture. See, I'm only half the picture. She's the other half of the picture. And when we put our pieces together, that's when we have a completeness, a complete picture. Are y'all getting anything? Next thing is this. You need to obey God's word. Obey his precepts and his principles. See, God told him there, don't eat of the tree. They ate of the tree. What did it do? It caused them to go into, they, they lost their house. They lost everything that they had. Listen, I'm going to say this, parents. If you want obedient children, then you've got to be obedient. Never expect your kids to be something that you're not yourself. There's old saying, there's more that's caught than taught. And you have to understand that your children are watching you whether or not you see it or think it or not. You think that they're just going to do things that solely because you say it. You've got to understand you've got to example right behavior in front of them. Don't expect them not to yell at their friends if you're yelling at one another. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. There's two more principles. Number, the next one is love your spouse. We're coming to an end. We're coming in for a landing. You've got to love your spouse. Love is patient and love is kind. Love is patient. You know what the word patient means? It doesn't mean that I'm sitting here waiting. Patient literally means I'm persistent and that I endure. The reality is every one of us have had to be patient with our spouses. We've had to endure through some things, Right? How many of you have had to, there's been some times where maybe your spouse wasn't acting the kindest at that moment. Maybe they were doing some things that really they shouldn't be doing. But you know what? You had to endure. You had to be patient. You had to be persistent. And you had to be kind while you were being persistent. Love is patient and love is kind. Amen? See, marriage is not about finding someone to make you happy. It's about being the one who makes your spouse happy. See, we are here to be a blessing to one another, to love. And by the way, love is a verb. Love is not something that you feel, amen? It's something that you do. 
Listen, there needs to be mutual respect and mutual honor of one another. Okay? So you love your spouse. That means this. Even whenever they're going through a tough time. And by the way, listen, it's not uncommon at different times for both man and woman to go through different emotional trials, times where they're, they're low times. You know, every one of us go through those times. You know what? We need one another to help one another through those things. Not look down on each other and go, why don't you get your act together? Listen, you are there to help them get their act together. Are you all following what I'm saying? That's love. A lot of times we have these unrealistic expectations of our spouse. And you know what? We have to make a decision that we are not going to do that. Amen? The last thing is this. Are y'all ready for this? You need to enjoy one another. You need to enjoy your spouse. The last thing that that is said specifically about Adam and Eve after God creates them, he says that they were not ashamed. Say, not ashamed. Now, whenever you look up that word ashamed, what it means is this. It means disappointed delayed or dry. Can I tell you, sometimes relationships can get real dry and dull and mundane. And listen, God hasn't called your relationship to be dry. He's called it to be juicy. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that all right? I mean, full of life. Hallelujah. Right? Listen, just because there's some snow on the rooftop doesn't mean you can't have some fire in the furnace. Amen. Right? <laughs> there should be some life, and you should enjoy one another. Not, oh, you know, get up every morning and sing and test it and try. We're off me. Well, you don't understand. You know what? They gained 50 pounds. You know what? I believe that God can put something in you where you start loving fat. You might be 50 pounds more, but I like every pound you got. Hallelujah. Let's go have some pounds together. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you believe that? I do. My wife, she lost about 20 pounds not too long ago. And the whole time she'd wake up sometimes and say, I'm fat. I go, Yeah. You're P H A T. Pretty hot and tempting. Hallelujah. You know, that's before she lost away. You know, when I, I loved her, which the fact of the matter is we got married, she was a stick. I'm talking about stick looked like a model walking down the runway. She was a hundred, she was a hundred pounds. I'm talking about a hundred pound stick. You couldn't even see. She turned sideways, she's invisible. Okay? She was hundred pounds, invisible, going wherever. You know what? And whenever we got married, I was like hundred and thirty pounds. I was a 28-inch waist. You know what? I've expanded my ministry, praise the Lord. (laughs) But you know what? Listen, I still love her. I love her more today than I did whenever we first got married because our love is not based upon your figure. It's not based upon what your dimensions are right now. You get back down to a 28-inch waist, then I think you're hot then. See, whenever people are looking that way, what happens? Their eyes begin to wander to different places. You know what? you got to keep your eyes single. Praise the Lord. You know, I don't care how big you get, how little you get. You're still going to be lovely to me. doesn't matter. Every wrinkle is beautiful to me. Praise the Lord. Amen? I'm not just saying that. I mean, I mean that. And she can tell you. I'll still chase her around the kitchen. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Or wherever she's at, around the bathroom. Not very... You got to enjoy your spouse. Right? See, don't let the daily routine of life cause your joy to cease. It's real easy. It's the everyday things going on in life, and this is going on, and this is going on. we got to take the kids of this. Listen, if you're not careful, you can start losing your joy for one another. You start losing your appreciation for one another. And you got to choose to enjoy and relish each other. Listen, the reality is that I believe that God will give us all long life. But you know what? The reality is you got to appreciate every single day that you have. And I'll tell you, the older I get, the more I appreciate every day that I have to spend with this woman. Because the reality, there will come a time, should the Lord tarry, that I won't have the time to spend with her like I have right now. That goes for every single one of us. I don't care how old you are right now. You'd be surprised how fast time flies. It really does. It really does. So you need to relish every moment. It's amazing. I'll tell you, one day we were kind of you know, fussing about how my work schedule and how much time we were having to spend. At that time, we were spending 60 to 80 hours a week you know, in the office and this was not pastoring. This was, this was when I was working for other ministries. And uh, anyway, uh, and, and what we found ourselves doing was this. Every time that we were together, we were complaining, get this, about the time that we didn't have to spend together. Think about it. Our time together was spent complaining about the time that we didn't have together. So rather than enjoying the time that we had together, you know what? We made sure... That we just made it a royal mess. Let's take this time that we have together and let's just really make it a downer right now. Rather than relishing in the fact that we have time right now, let's complain about the time that we didn't have last week or the week before or yesterday or a little bit earlier in the day. Can I tell you, you got to appreciate every single moment that you have together. You can't fuss about your busy schedule. If you need to do something, you do something about it, and you can talk about it. But the reality is don't let that control your conversation. Listen, if you will joy in each other's presence, you'll not be disappointed. You'll not be disappointed. Building families begins with a strong foundation. begins with the husband and wife team. There's a lot of other things that we could share. There's a whole lot. I mean, we could be here hours upon hours. But I'm just sharing some things this morning. Because I felt like the Lord gave me to share with you this today. Because I believe that God is raising up strong families in this house. But listen, it's going to start at your house. This church will not be any stronger than the families that are actually within it. How many of you say this morning, I want God to cause my family to be a strong family? Would you stand to your feet today? Come on, stand to your feet today. I believe that the Lord is doing that. I believe that God is bringing, causing these families to be strong. I might have went a little bit longer than what you normally go. But I believe that the Lord wants to do something in your family. And I believe if you'll just take these principles right here. Start right here. Start with these principles that I shared this morning. Start with this understanding that I shared this morning. And I'm telling you, God will begin to bless your family. You'll see strength begin to come in your home. Strength begin to come into your marriage. Can you lift your hands right there? I want you just to pray this with me right now. Just pray, Lord. I ask that you would help me be the spouse, be the individual that I need to be, that you've called me to be. Lord, I give my family to you. I ask, Lord, that we would be a household of faith. Devil, take your hands off of our family. 
off of our marriage. I'd like for every husband and wife to join hands right now. And I want you to make this declaration. I declare in Jesus' name that this, my spouse, that I am thankful for them today. I relish in them today. I thank you, Lord, for putting us together, for bringing our home together. I thank you, Lord, that you are causing us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And I thank you, Lord, that we will be an example to other families of your design, of your plan, of what you have for each and every family. In Jesus' name, I declare every attack of hell ceases, stops right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare that we will survive, that we will thrive, and that we will press forward in your purpose for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a praise today?